You're listening to the Spa Strong Podcast, where we empower estheticians and beauty professionals through boundaries, balance, health, and safety. We're your hosts, Melissa Ellis, licensed master esthetician. And I'm Royal Ellis, former police officer. Together, we will help you achieve total aesthetics badassery. Make sure you share this on social media so you can show you're a part of the Spa Strong fam. Now that we got that out of the way, let's do this shit. As esthetician coaches, we are here to help you make multiple six figures, get fully booked, become retail selling machines, and change more clients' lives. Listen to what other estheticians are saying about our one-on-one coaching program, the Spa Strong Bootcamp. Being with Melissa and Royal, I have been able to invent and start selling a $1,200 package. I haven't had issues with rebooking or having them come back and seeing my reoccurring clients. I was able to leave my full-time job and go completely full-time with my skin studio. I've been selling more product in these past few months of being in quarantine than I was my last few months of being open. Not only has my income increased, but also my confidence. I feel more comfortable selling products to my clients. So I highly recommend working with Spa Strong. Ready to stop dreaming of spa business success and start living it? Go to www.spa-strong.com forward slash discovery call or click the link in our Instagram bio to book a free esthetician discovery call now. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to the Spa Strong podcast. We're so happy to have you all here with yeah, us. It's been a minute. I know. And of course, we have an amazing guest with us today. But first, if you are loving the Spa Strong podcast, then leave a review, share this on socials, tell your SD friends about it so that we can help empower more estheticians through boundaries, balance, health, and safety, and business, and marketing, and all the other great things we talk about yeah. on here. <laughs> so our amazing guest, you guys, today we get to speak with Shekinah Garner. Shekinah is a licensed esthetician based in California with over 17 years of experience. She owns a practice in Los Angeles called Fluorescent Skin LA, and she also does international pop-ups, mainly in Dubai, Abu Dhabi, and Qatar. Shekinah, we are so happy to have you with us today. Hey. You guys, I am so happy to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So for our listeners, we have been trying to do this podcast for like months, right? Yeah. Life kept I happening. I know. We've, <laughs> we've had to reschedule probably like... Five times, I think. I know. It's crazy. But so you know what? A few of the times it was my fault. Yes. So oh, and a few it was ours. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And I appreciate how flexible you guys have been. And, you know, things come up. Life happens. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We appreciate you being flexible with us. Yeah, so of course. We had some change in schedule, but I know we're here now. Here we are. That's all that matters. <laughs> um, so Shekinah, tell us a little bit about you, about how you got into the industry and about the practice that you have now. Sure. Well, I got into the industry years ago. It's been almost 20 years now. And I feel like, you know, the industry is always changing. You have to keep up to date with, with all the new things that are being discovered in terms of, of skin ingredients, uh, treatments. It's, it's such an exciting world to be in. You, you, you're just constantly learning. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm passionate about it. I feel like I could never, ever get bored of my job. I love it so much. 
And I initially got into aesthetics because I was suffering with issues with my own skin. Mm. And an esthetician just changed my life uh, by helping me um, combat a lot of uh, issues that I was having with acne. And in doing so, I just saw how rewarding her job was and wanted to pursue aesthetics myself. And I'm so glad that I did. Um, I've worked... I've worked in med spas. I've worked in five-star spas. I've worked for for doctor, plastic surgeons, dermatologists. Um, and now, like you said, I have my own practice. And I, I can't say enough good things about every different area in this field that you can go into, like a, like a spa or like a doctor's office or your own practice. There's just so many benefits and rewards to, 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 to every avenue that you could pursue. Um, so the, the, having my own practice is a new thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, and it's, it's a challenge and it's exciting, but I'm, I'm totally down for the ride. Awesome. That's amazing. So what made you decide to go on your own after all this time? Well, I have, I've, I've had a challenging go of it the past few years in LA, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been a little bit difficult. Um, I feel like I think it has to do with being in the industry for as long as I've been. You, you you find a certain way of doing things that really works for you. And not everyone can share your vision and your ideas about that. So going into a practice now, like if I'm going to work at an establishment, I come in with like a set of, of things that I need in order to do my job. Mm-hmm. And that's not always welcome or it's not always understood. And, you know, that can, that can present challenges. And I've just finally decided that the best route is to just open my own practice and do yeah. things the way that I want to do it and carry the products that I want to carry and use the equipment I want to use. And just, you know, I have everything the way that I want it myself. So I think, I think it's the best for me at this stage in my career. That's awesome. Yeah, that makes all the sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, especially because, I mean, like you said, you've been in the industry for a really long time. Mm-hmm. You're very confident mm-hmm. in your skills and the way that you want to do things. And it would be hard to, to try to implement that somewhere else but your own. Exactly. Exactly. So good for you. Yeah. That is fantastic. Thanks. Um, what types of services are you offering at um your fluorescent skin LA? So I offer customized treatments. I'm all about the custom facial. Um, I'm not really into to trendy things. Um, I actually avoid trends when I, when something is trending, I, I usually run because I'm like, I don't know. I just have an aversion to, to trends, but, um, the custom facial is timeless and I feel like it's, it fits everybody because it's going to be customized to what the needs are. Um, so I have two facials that are, I have the 60 and the 80 and within that time frame, I do whatever is needed to address immediate needs and also long-term goals. So I incorporate various modalities, different products, peels, Mm -hmm. whatever is needed. Um, and, and based around that initial consultation and evaluation of the skin. So, my, my, my treatments are known for just being customized as are my regimens. And that's just the way I like it. I think that that, it fits everyone. Yeah. Nice. 
that, that makes so much sense. I feel like, you know, when we work with our clients and we go over their spa me- menus and everything, a lot of times we're like, Hey, custom facials, like this is where mm-hmm. it's at. And they're like, but I want to get this technology and this technology and offer this and this and this. But I think there's definitely some value in recognizing, okay, what is going to actually bring results versus what is just like, um, marketing tactics yep. and trends right now, because a lot of the equipment and things you're investing in, especially in your own business, that's expensive. Yeah, And they collect dust. Exactly. So the custom facial, we love that. That's so smart. Um, so Shekinah, we wanted to have you on here to talk about estheticians working with dermatologists. We think this is a really important topic to Mm -hmm. discuss because, you know, on social media, um, there is, there's a lot of mixed feelings within the aesthetics community about Mm -hmm. estheticians versus, or versus, um, dermatologists and, uh, it, it just needs to like the air needs to be cleared. There needs to be some uh, clarification on all of this. So we would love to hear your thoughts and um, a little bit about your experience working with derms and how you feel about all of that. Sure. Well, I do have a very strong viewpoint on the world of dermatology and how estheticians fit into that world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably not the most common the most common viewpoint on it because I do see a lot of estheticians like you just mentioned that are kind of you know like we know more the dermatologists and and Mm. I don't know I just think there's a lot of danger in that and and you know I think well first of all let's I think it's good to talk about what an esthetician is versus a dermatologist because there's a huge difference right Um, you know an esthetician is providing care services, which dermatologists also are, but our services are facials. We're building regimens. We're doing hair removal, things like that. Mm-hmm. A dermatologist, I mean, for my course of study, I, I did it in a, under a year, right? But I'm constantly learning. Like I said, you're always, you know, you can, you can get advanced certifications and such, but a dermatologist has completed four plus years of undergraduate, mm-hmm. four years medical school, residency, you know, and then they sometimes receive additional education training in specialized fields. Um, There's a huge difference there. And, you know, I do see the point that a lot of estheticians are trying to make when they're saying, well, you know, these, these dermatologists are just, they're, they're recommending Cetaphil and, you know, CeraVe and those kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. very generic drugstore products. So I get that there's, you know, that's a very basic level of knowledge as far as what products can benefit the skin. That's very, that's very, I don't know. I think it's a low ball. If you want to be more sophisticated, you can go more to the medical side of product lines and, and use, you know, more elegant formulas, like, you know, the ones that you do see in more dermatologists office now offices nowadays. Mm -hmm. I think that we're starting to see dermatologists tapping into skincare um, more and more, I think as time goes on and they're using, they're using more advanced formulas and, and lines that estheticians can, can get behind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, I think that it is really important to, to note that we're, we're nowhere near the expertise of a dermatologist mm-hmm. and you have to respect 
you have to have respect there for the for the dermatologist that you're working with or for. Can they collaborate? Absolutely. I think that it can be a beautiful collaboration, um, completely non-competitive, um, and they can really complement each other. Um, patients that start by seeing a dermatologist for assessment and treatment of acne or other skin conditions, um, you know, may then visit an esthetician for maintenance, such mm-hmm. as facials. Um, and then estheticians who recognize skin abnormal abnormalities can refer their clients, you know, to the dermatologist for evaluation and treatment, which is such a valuable resource. Like I, yeah. I do incorporate dermatology, um, in most of my regimens because I'm, I do believe in prescription oral and topical medications for, for a lot of my acne patients. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do refer them out to dermatologists for those, for those, um, products that I'm incorporating into their regimens. So, yeah, I think that, I think it's really important, you know, to, to know that a a relationship can be established. It can be incredible. It can be amazing. My personal experience working with a dermatologist was so educational. I learned more, I think, in those years working with a derm than I did in a lot of the years that I worked, you know, um, in spas or even med spas. So I think it's a very valuable relationship and there's different ways to have that relationship also. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can collaborate by referring, which mm-hmm. is what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. And I really like doing that. Um, and they can refer their patients also to you if they don't have an in-house esthetician. But then you can also have that in-house relationship where you're working for a germ. Yeah. That's awesome. I think, oh my gosh, so many things that you mentioned, Mm -hmm. I want to dive into. Um, So first of all, the difference in hours. Okay. So there are some states out there where estheticians are doing just a few hundred hours. Okay. Not a significant number at all. And you have to realize that within those three or 400 hours, they're learning about the physiology and histology of the skin to some extent. Yes. But there's a ton of those hours that are being spent on how to actually perform the treatments as opposed to Mm -hmm. understanding the science and biology and everything like that. Mm. Whereas a dermatologist, I mean, he's going through, he or she are going through all of medical school, learning everything about the systems of the body, how they work together, the full anatomy, all of I mean, and we, the Miladies textbook, I mean, yeah, the anatomy chapter is the largest chapter, but it's not that big. What do you look at what a dermatologist is learning? So I mean, I don't bring this up to undermine at all what we gain through aesthetic school because within our scope of practice, it is sufficient, right? But it's within our scope of practice. right? And Mm -hmm. as estheticians, we don't have to feel bad or ashamed or like, um, uh, combative because we have less education and training than an MD has. Like, that's okay. Just mm-hmm. this is the scope of practice that you chose. If you have an issue with it, go back to school. Right. You know, so I wanted to comment on that. Um, but then there's also, you know, when you were talking about uh, referring, you referring patients because there are prescription medications or topicals that you think are important to be utilized in certain cases. 
as estheticians, we have to be willing to let go of our pride. Yep. I was going to, yeah, I was going to say, leave the ego at home. Yeah. Totally. If there's something that your client needs and it is not within your scope of practice to prescribe or diagnose or treat, you owe it to your clients to give them the resources to be able to have the beautiful, optimal, healthy skin that they are looking for. And they're not going to judge you like, oh, my esthetician isn't capable of prescribing me Accutane. She must not be a good esty. No, they're going to be grateful that you are making sure that all of their needs were met. Right. Right. Yeah. So letting go of that pride is huge. I mean, I, you have, when I had my practice, I mean, people come in your door and you aren't always equipped to handle every single case and that's okay. And you've got to have somebody that you can refer them to so that these clients can get the help that they need. Um, so that's huge. I love that you, I love that you brought that up uh, because it's this whole concept of like dermatologists don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to actually treat the skin. They just mm. prescribe and remove cancers. That's not true. There's so much that goes into how they treat and reasons behind that. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention, sorry, the, the like CeraVe and the Cetaphil and everything like that. Listen, a lot of times those products are being recommended because they're safe for sensitive skin. You know, it's something that they can prescribe or recommend to their patients that isn't going to exacerbate anything. There aren't a lot of actives. It's just a simple routine that's going to be safe for them. And so that, like, that's okay. It's all mm-hmm. good. It's all good. Ugh, it's all good. <laughs> She's getting so worked up over here. I just, <laughs> it's something, it's something that just makes me crazy though. Whenever I see this on social media or people, you know, DM us or email us questions about this, it's like, there is nothing wrong with you being an esthetician and having a derm right. that you refer to, that you work with, that you want to work with. Um, and I, I feel like I hear that sometimes where estheticians are like, I would rather go out on my own than work at a dermatologist's office. So I, I love that you brought up the point that that was such an educational experience for you. Yeah, it really was. It really was. And I do, I do believe that it does, it does take a certain type of person who can work in a dermatologist's Mm -hmm. office or any doctor's um, practice. Um, you have to be able to follow lead. You just do, you have to be able to take direction. You have to know your place. Um, I think physicians can become sour very quickly over a relationship with an esthetician when they feel that they're being undermined Mm. um, and they never should be. Um, And, you know, if they're recommending something and then next thing you know, the patient they've just recommended certain things to is in your bed and you're doing a facial and the patient's telling you, you know, the doctor just said for me to use this or this in no way, shape or form. Can you ever undermine that and say, Mm. oh, well, I think. Right. So you should be doing this, this, and this, you know, uh, that just creates so much, so much confusion. It's so unprofessional. And, you know, these are things that are, that these things are happening and, mm-hmm. and they do ruin relationships between estheticians and dermatologists. And you just have to know your place. I think knowing your place and there needs to be a mutual respect. I think that there are amazing doctors out there that understand the value of having an esthetician in their practice. And they do let the esthetician take the lead when it comes to regimen building. And that is, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. And it might not be like that for you in the, in the beginning when you join a practice, but 
gaining that, that trust and building that relationship can lead to that down the road where the, where the physician is putting, putting more trust in your hands and, and, you know, knowing that you can handle building a full regimen for a patient Mm -hmm. without their input. So that's something that might come with time, but in the beginning, knowing your place and following lead, I think is so important. Yeah. That's such a great point because as you know, you graduate from aesthetic school, you pass your state boards. So you have, you've shown that you are qualified to be practicing within the scope of your licensure in your state. Mm -hmm. Um, but that Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that anybody who hires you is going to give you free reign to do whatever you want as soon as you walk through the door. So whether you're working for a derm or a plastic surgeon or at a day spa or anything like that, it's going to take time to kind of prove yourself and earn that trust. Like you said, keyword Mm -hmm. you work for, yes, you work for So it's, it's their practice. And, um, and as long as you are doing the best you can, you're not undermining, like you said, um, you are showing up and proving yourself through quality work and being ethical and everything like that. Then, you know, eventually if you're working for a great employer, which hopefully you are, then everything will come together and you'll have that trust to be able to take a lead on the regiments and things like that. But um, I wanted to mention something that you said. You were talking about how when you're working for the dermat- a dermatologist, if the dermatologist gives um, you know treatment or recommendation to a patient and then the patient is coming to you for a, you know, a maintenance treatment or something like that, if the patient is sharing with you what the dermatologist has prescribed to them, you can't undermine that. You can't disagree with that. Um, and I think that it's important, even if you're not working for a dermatologist, if you have a client come to you and starts telling you that they're being treated by a dermatologist or they have been treated by a dermatologist um, and shares with you the treatment plan that that derm had them on or has them on, you cannot tell them, oh, you should not do that. Okay. Right. This is their doctor and you, mm-hmm. you don't know why you don't understand the full um vision that this doctor has for this patient. So do not go in and say, oh, your dermatologist doesn't know what he or she is talking about. I think you should start using these products instead, or I think you should get off Accutane, or I think you should stop using X, Y, and Z topical and switch to this that I have here instead. Do not um, put that patient's safety or health in jeopardy Mm -hmm. because you don't know all the answers. You don't have all the information. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Very, very important that you're respectful and you recognize, listen, like, like we were saying earlier, we have a very important role as estheticians, but there, there are limitations to our scope of practice. And so, yeah. And, and, and speaking of scope of practice, I think, I mean, you need to stay within your scope of practice Mm. clearly, but if you're unsure what's allowed, um, I will say not to refer to the physician to let you know what's allowed or what's not allowed. Refer to yeah. state board because I have found personally that a lot of times the physician doesn't know mm-hmm. what is okay for you to do or not okay. Um, so always refer, refer to state board. I've been in many positions where, where doctors have told me to do things that I know are outside of my scope. And even though that you're under their malpractice insurance, you can still, you know, you can still 
get fined. You can still have your license suspended or revoked, you know, just because you're under their insurance doesn't mean that you can just do whatever, you know, whatever that, and you have to know your boundaries too. That's important Mm -hmm. to say, you know, even though you're saying it's okay for me to do this, I know by law it's not. And you do have to have your boundaries also, because there's plenty of situations where, where money is, is more important in that moment or whatever to, to the employer. And they're telling you, just do it, just do this procedure, you know, and, and if you're not qualified to do it, or if it's not within your scope under no means, should you be doing it? I think. Right. I absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely agree. We hear about this a lot, honestly, mm-hmm. that estheticians come to us and they're like, Hey, I'm working for this doctor or, um, this PA or whoever. And they're asking me to do these services that I'm not supposed to do. Right. We, right. I, think, I think we, what people have to realize is nobody's going to save you when you get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, right. That doctor's not going to sacrifice himself or herself no. to save you. No, you knew no. better. You're grown. Yeah. You exactly. went through, Yeah, you went through school, you did all of this training, you got licensed, you're an adult. Exactly. And you made these decisions because you didn't want to open your mouth. Exactly. And I know that it can be intimidated intimidating to tell uh, an employer or an authority figure no, I'm not going to do that. But think mm-hmm. about everything that's at stake. The years um, that you've had in the industry or, you know, the hours and hours and hours that you spent going through aesthetic school, the thousands of dollars that you've invested, the dreams and goals that you have for yourself. Do you Mm -hmm. really want to jeopardize that? And you have to, I I love Shekinah that you brought up the point that the doctors don't always know, or the employer Mm -hmm. doesn't always know. It's not their Mm -hmm. responsibility to understand your scope of licensure to a T, but it is your responsibility. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And in the, you know, and in the reverse side of this also, Mm -hmm. the physician could very well tell you that they are not comfortable with you performing a certain service that is within your scope. Yes. Um, And you have to respect that too. And I've been in that position where, you know, I've been trained to do something. It's legal for me to do it, but the doctor I work for isn't necessarily comfortable with me doing that. And that shouldn't be an area of conflict that I need to pursue. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's just something that I won't do in, in his or her practice. So yeah, it can, it can go both ways, you know, and, and very often it does, you know, sometimes doctors just aren't comfortable with, with estheticians doing certain things and that's fine. I, I don't, I don't think it should be an area for conflict at all. Absolutely. Agree. Go with that. Yeah. Agree. And, um, you know, if you, if you have a problem with the way that things are being done at your, you know, place of employment, you have options. You know, you can you can always leave if you'd like to go somewhere that will allow you to do other services or mm-hmm. you can look at what you're gaining from this experience, like swallow your pride a little bit, look at the positive things that you're still gaining. Okay. Maybe you don't get to work with lasers, but you're still getting to do chemical pills and microderms and, you know, these other things that are within your scope of licensure that are going to help you be able to be a better treatment provider, um, in the future. And so even if it's not, I don't know, I feel like there's, there's give and take at almost every employment situation. And so learn what you can gain what you can. Obviously, if it's a toxic Mm -hmm. situation or there are major problems, then yes, definitely leave that situation. But I know for me, my first job out of aesthetic school, I started working at a medical spa and, um, 
they, they had lasers, they had, um, laser tattoo removal, um, all of these great things that were within my scope of licensure and my certifications. And then there were also chemical peels, microdermabrasion, and some other corrective skincare treatments. I didn't get to do those chemical peels and the microdermabrasion mm-hmm. until I had been working there for months. Mm-hmm. Like they just, they were like, well, you're still new. And I, to me, that was my pride kind of kicked in at the beginning. And I was like, oh, but I don't want to be focusing on laser hair removal all day. I want to do the peels. I want to do the microderm. Um, but I'm so grateful that I was able to swallow my ego a little bit and say, you know what, I'm going to stay, I'm going to learn what I can learn and then trust that as I do a good job, they're going to let me do these other corrective skincare services. And they did. And I'm so glad I stayed. It was like my favorite aesthetics job that I had. Um, awesome. yeah, but it, it did suck at the beginning when I didn't get to do exactly what I wanted to do, but it's their spa. Yeah. Like we talked about earlier. Right. So, yeah. But, um, Shekinah, this has been such great information. Yes. Did you have any final thoughts about this topic of estheticians and derms working in harmony, um, together <laughs> in this industry? I wanted to talk a little bit about my experience in a dermatology practice and how, how the flow, how the flow ended up going that, and it, how well it actually worked. Awesome. Um, cause I feel like some estheticians want, want a picture or an idea of how, how that relationship really pans out. Like, how does it really work? How do you work together with a dermatologist? Yeah. And the way in my experience that it worked the best was when, I was the very first person to see every patient that came in and, and that would happen by them being placed in a treatment room. And I would go in and introduce myself before the dermatologist even saw them mm-hmm. and I would prepare their skin for the dermatologist. So I would perform a really quick, simple cleanse with a, with a warm towel. And that is such a valuable opportunity, you guys, for the esthetician to not only have a face-to-face and an introduction, but that, that touch, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to touch that patient and for them to feel your touch, to, to, to feel, um, you know, just, just a little taste of what you can offer. Mm-hmm. And then the dermatologist would go in and do the consultation, do the treatment, and then I would manage all the post-care. So if it was a, you know, a blade of laser or something like that, I would probably perform an oxygen facial afterwards, mm-hmm. um, apply LED therapy, soothing mask, aftercare products, um, and then write out a treatment plan for them um, and skincare regimen. And send them home with everything. So you're the first and the last person that they see, which is like, that is gold. Like that is so valuable. And, um, and I loved that harmony and I loved that, you know, the way that that flow went. And, and I think having that asset or the, the dermatologist just back you really hard and be like, you need to see my esthetician for, you know, bi-weekly facials. Mm-hmm. She's going to put together a treatment plan for you. She's going to put together a home care regimen. Um, that just like adds so much. Um, it just makes you feel so much more confident to know that that dermatologist is backing you mm-hmm. and to the patient, it makes your, your, your services and recommendations seem so much valuable also, I feel like. So, so that in my personal experience was, was such a great way to work with a dermatologist. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like a couple of things. First of all, you know, that y'all had such a great system um, yeah. of 
exactly what to do. You know, you knew exactly your role. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what, when you were supposed to come in, what you should be doing. Sounds like nobody was really stepping on each other's toes or anything yeah, like every, that. Everybody knew their, knew their position. Exactly. But then also it, it sounds like the dermatologist you were working for truly valued what you brought to the table as an esthetician mm-hmm. and valued you know, the added, um, positive experience that the client was going to be able to have by working with you, you know, where, um, you know, doctors, a lot of time they're busy. They've got back-to-back patients. They've got, um, tons of paperwork to be filling out and things like that. And so for the patient to be able to come in and feel like they're having more of a, um, we'll say hospitable experience, Mm -hmm where you're there guiding them through, you're touching their skin, they're having this like nurturing treatment experience while getting medically treated. And then mm-hmm. you're spending that time with them at the end to ensure that all of their questions are answered. They feel confident and they have the tools that they need to take care of their skin at home and everything. That's great. Right, right. Yeah, I love that. Um, thank you so much for sharing kind of how that flowed at your dermatologist office where you worked. Um, A lot of people ask us questions. You know, a a lot of our listeners are new estheticians Mm -hmm. and they're curious about what that would be like. And is that something that they want to do to try to work with a dermatologist? Totally. And I think a lot of estheticians almost almost picture it as being something where, where you're running your own little separate, like you're in your little room Mm -hmm. and you're doing your thing in a, dermatologists or plastic surgeons practice and you're not really interacting with the dermatologist that much. Maybe, maybe you're just in your room doing facials all day and mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be like that. Like yeah. there should be constant interaction and constant, uh, communication about each patient's treatment plan and, and, and how you're contributing to it. Um, and how the, the dermatologist wants you to contribute, what they, you know, do they want the patient that they've just done a treatment on to see you twice a day for the next seven days while they heal from a CE2, mm-hmm. you know, or it, it can be such, such a big number of things. And it, and it really does depend on, on explaining the value that you can add to the practice to that dermatologist and having them understand the value of, of your treatments and services that you, you offer. And that can take time, you know, yeah. but, um, that brings up a, a great point. When you, when you started working there, how, how different was your role compared to how it evolved once that trust was built and you know, what your role was like once, once you left eventually? Personally, I mean, I had the advantage of coming into a practice that had always had estheticians there. So it wasn't like I needed to prove, you know, what kind of value I could add to the practice. Mm -hmm. It was already understood and established. Awesome. Um, And because I'd already been an esthetician for a number of years, I felt like there was already a lot of trust Mm -hmm. put in me from the very beginning, which was just, you know, specific to that situation. It might not be like that if I started a different practice tomorrow, you know, mm-hmm. it just, it happened to be that way for me personally. But, um, yeah, I think with any relationship over time, you, you can gain trust and, and get more freedom, um, you know, to, to really expand and grow and growth is so important and, and working for a doctor that allows you to grow is just hitting the jackpot. It really is. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I, it sounds like it really was a super positive experience. And I think the majority of estheticians who work with dermatol who actually work with dermatologists and don't just speculate about what that would be like, um, mm-hmm. end up having positive experiences as well. So for our listeners, if you're curious about working for a dermatologist, you know, throw your resume in, um, but see what happens. Yeah. Look for a job, start, um, marketing yourself as an esthetician toward the dermatologist in your area and see what it's like. If, if you're curious about it and you feel like you would be able to be um, a positive asset to a dermatology office and you'd like to learn from that experience, apply, go for it. And you know what? There's going to be a lot of practices out there that are like, we don't need an esthetician. You know, they don't really understand how, how you could add to the practice. Um, maybe they've never had an esthetician before. And a good foot in the door that I've personally found is if they're not open to hiring, if they, if, if they don't really even care for you to drop off a resume or whatever, ask if you can shadow the doctor and most Mm -hmm. doctors are okay with being shadowed. You know, they're, they're shadowed by other professionals all the time and an esthetician shadowing them is not that strange. You Mm -hmm. know, it's something that's usually welcomed and that's a good way to establish a relationship and get a face to face with the doctor and, and you'll get little chances, you know, to explain what benefit you could add, you know, throughout the day as you're coming across different cases. Um, you know, when you have moments one-on-one with the doctor where you can give your input, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's a good opportunity. I think, uh, if you, if you have your eye on a practice that you really want to work at and they're not hiring, um, maybe going in and shadowing could be a good, a good foot in the door. That's great advice. Yeah. That's a really yeah. good point. Awesome. I'm so glad you brought that up. Okay. So this has been such a great conversation, Shekinah. Thank you so much. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, So at the end of our podcast, we like to ask our guests what boundaries, balance, health, and safety mean to them. It can be a general answer. You can get specific within each one. Just what does that mean to you? Yeah, that's, those are good questions. Um, boundaries are so important. Oh my gosh. Like where do you even start with that? Like that is, that is such an important thing to have in place and to know your boundaries, what your boundaries even are. Mm -hmm. Um, for me personally, that my boundaries have changed this past year because I've become my own boss and as my own boss, I'm studying a lot of my own rules, you know? So, so I've had to establish what my boundaries are in my own practice, what's not negotiable. And, you know, as an employee, it's really easy to, to pass off the blame for certain things on your employer. Like for example, a discounting service. If someone's asking you to discount a service or a product or something like that, you can say, this is just the price. You know, I can't do anything about it. Yeah. When you're the boss, you can. It's just important to set your boundaries and say, these things are not negotiable. This is, you know, what I have set in place and not make exceptions for those things because it gets you really confused. It gets you going all over the place when you, when you don't know where you stand on certain things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one boundary that I've found that's so important to me is not representing things that I don't truly believe in. Um, even if it means a lot of monetary gain, um, Mm. you know, I've been approached by a lot of different brands, uh, 
through social media asking for partnerships. And if I don't believe in the product, I don't want my name attached to it. Even if it means it's a big payday, you know, you've got to have those boundaries, which kind of that goes over into like more of a code of ethics, I guess, but Mm -hmm. you've got to stick to them. I think it's so important. And then health and safety. I mean, I immediately think of universal precautions, (laughs) you know, health and safety first and foremost, but also, For me, it means mental health and safety um, of mindset and energy. And I, you know, having my own space now, I fiercely protect my space. I don't hold meetings in my treatment room. I don't allow that space to be invaded by any any energy other than peace and harmony. Um, It means not only, actually... It means not only protecting myself from unsafe conditions, but also my cl- my clients. Yeah. Um, you know, mental health and well being. If my vibe is off and I don't feel like I'm doing so great emotionally, I will take a day off. I even if it means rescheduling patients. And I think that this is so important because, as an esthetician, you're holding you're holding your patient's head in your hands. Mm-hmm. That is such a powerful transmission of energy. And you've got to make sure your vibe is right before you go yeah. transmitting it to someone else. <laughs> yeah. You really do. And then um, the last thing was balance. I think that, I think that I've really found balance this past year, believe it or not, during quarantine. Because mm-hmm. I went from working 10 hour days to working zero hour days. And that extreme was like, it was a jolt, you know, and it took a, it took a minute to, to find my balance. Um, and for me now I've found, you know, that I'm golden at like two or three facials a day max. And that's my balance. Mm -hmm. And that's what I stick to. And if I'm going past that, then my treatments are suffering because I'm not at a hundred percent anymore. So so being balanced is super important and you just have to find out what your balance is, you know? So, and and it goes also into my social media. I'm super, you know, social media for me is a creative outlet and I really try to protect it and not exploit it because you can really get into a rut of like putting pressure on yourself and being like, I have to put a post out every day and your creativity gets lost it gets mm-hmm. stifled mm-hmm. under that pressure and so i make sure to only only post if i'm inspired to do so um so that's another way that i found balance you know with business and creativity and just mental health in general awesome um i love those yeah i think a couple of things that i i, I just want to comment on based off of what you said the when you were talking about boundaries and talking about um, essentially your ethics of what you will and will not agree to attach your name to. I mean, we've been approached by product lines and um, different things. And, and, you know, there is the like, oh, I could make money off of this, but you have to realize that you're a professional and how do you want to present yourself to Mm -hmm. your audience, to the world around you? And you have to be willing to walk away from money. Okay. Right. Your, your integrity is so much more important than that. Um, I loved what you said about the uh, mental health and safety and talking about how, if your energy isn't right, you know, you're literally holding your client's head in your hands and their mm-hmm. head is next to your heart. Right. And right. so your energy is feeding into them. 
And so I, I think that's very responsible of you to recognize that and say, okay, if I'm not in the right place, um, these clients are coming to me to be able to improve their mental health and safety. And my energy mm-hmm. needs to be correct. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Sorry. That was my puppy. He had something to say. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> he wanted to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Um, and then I also loved what you were saying about balance. Um, you know, when I opened my practice, I really compared myself to that, you know, the arbitrary rule of fully booked being 40 hours a week. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I tried really, really hard to maintain that. And finally, I got to the point where I was like, this is not supporting me and my mental health and being able to maintain my relationships outside of work or anything like that. So I cut way back. And by the end, I mean, I mean, before the end, you know, it yeah. ended abruptly. But um, <laughs> before that, I was working 20 to 25 hours a week. And that was my fully booked. That was perfect for me. And it didn't matter if there were other estheticians who were working 40, 50, 60 hours because my prices were where they needed to be. Um, my mental health was where it needed to be. I felt balanced. I felt grounded. And I, I didn't have to compare myself to anybody else because I knew that was right for me personally. Oh, great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I love what you were saying there. Um, Shekinah, how can our listeners learn more from you? Where can they find you on socials? Um, do you have a website? I do. I have a website and I have social media. I don't have Facebook, but I do have Instagram and my Instagram is aesthetics by Shekinah. And I also have Fluorescent Skin LA for my new business. It's a more underdeveloped Instagram account, but it's it's in the works. And then my website is Aesthetics by Shekinah also. Okay, perfect. So we will link yeah. all of this information into the episode notes. Yes. So for those of y'all who are listening, go over and follow Shekinah. And um, definitely you'll learn so many great things from following her. Uh, Shekinah, thank you so much again thank for you. being here with us. We really appreciate Thanks. you sharing your expertise with our listeners. Oh my gosh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much, you guys. Of course. Thank you.